Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Bible and Life podcast as we enter into 2019. I hope things are going well with you and you're ready for this new year and uh, whatever it brings to you. You know, one of the things that's really exciting and new in our life over the last couple of months is uh, the arrival of our first little grandchild, little baby Violet, and she's growing and doing great and she's uh, about two months old now. And if you would like to to uh, stay in touch with me and see pictures of my family and see pictures of sweet little Violet, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, particularly on Instagram, and the link to that should be in the notes below. Or if you want to, just go on to Instagram and search for John Whitaker, and you should be able to find me that way as well. Also, one of the other things that's uh, new is uh, now on my website, I've got monthly subscriptions available to my training courses, my video courses that uh, can help people really learn and live the Bible. So you can buy those individually, but if you're a, a ministry leader, a missionary, a pastor, or something like that, I've got monthly subscriptions for you in your ministry that uh, you could use these courses in total for all the people in your church or in your ministry to help equip them to really learn and live the Bible. And one of the things that has become very clear to me over the last handful of years, at least in my context, is how difficult it is to get people to come to another church event, to come to the building for a class or a training. And it just seems like people's schedules are so crazy. Life is crazy. I don't know what all it is, but Man, in the last ministry I was at, it just seemed like we'd get very small percentages of people to that. And so uh, this these courses really are a, an effort to try to decentralize the church's teaching ministry and put some resources right in people's hands, where they live, on their phone, on their computer, where they could, they could watch some videos that would help them really learn what their faith is all about and how to live that out. And so there are monthly subscriptions available uh, for churches and ministries that you could check out on my website at johnwhitaker.net. Again, the link should be in the notes below or just uh, go to johnwhitaker.net and go to courses and you can see the individual courses there. And then uh, underneath the courses tab, there is also a place that just says church subscriptions and you can check that out and just uh, maybe look into that and see if that would be something that would be really useful to you. There's a class on Bible survey. There's a class on how to study the Bible. There's a class on uh, core beliefs and the basics of our faith. And then the course I'm actually beginning to record this week will be the basics of spiritual growth and how we really become like Jesus from the inside out. And these are just some core classes, core courses that I really believe will help establish a foundation in your small group leaders, your Sunday school teachers, or other ministry leaders in your church, or even to, to use to mentor new believers and help them really come to understand what the Bible is and how to read it well and what their faith is all about. And so if that sounds like something that is useful to you or could be useful to you, go to johnwhitaker.net, check those out, and just uh, see if that's something that's useful to you and to your ministry. All right, we have been walking through the Sermon on the Mount over the last handful of months, and we have arrived in the final, really, paragraph or two of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is wrapping up the sermon and really calling us to respond, calling us to, to really examine ourselves and say, are we going to be disciples? And last week we looked at uh, just a very short little text where he begins this appeal, this challenge to us to respond. And we said that one of the things he does in this concluding section is he has these sets of two. Last week it was the two roads, the two ways, the two gates, right? You have the, the wide gate and the broad road, the narrow gate and the narrow road that represent which path are you going to choose? You're going to go the way that's easy 
easy and comfortable the way everyone else goes, the broad way, or are you going to go with Jesus' way, the narrow way, the narrow gate? And so we looked at that last week. Well, this week we come to a new section with uh, the, the same sort of warning that's really appealed to us both to pay attention to who we're listening to as well as to examine ourselves. And so let's jump right in. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, as Jesus continues to drive home the point uh, of his Sermon on the Mount. Remember, he's got this whole crowd gathered around him, these, this crowd of would-be disciples, and part of that crowd are his 12 that he has chosen to be apostles, and they're all in this crowd, and he's launching his kingdom enterprise, and he says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, watch out for false prophets. That is, watch out for, for people who claim to speak for God, claim to speak for the Messiah, claim to speak for Jesus, claim to know what Christianity is all about in our context, watch out for false prophets who look good, claim to speak God's truth, and yet they're, they're pretenders, they're fakes, they're false. Watch out for false prophets. He says, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. In other words, they look innocent, they look tame, they look harmless, but they're actually not. They're ferocious wolves. Not only that, they look real. They're, they look like sheep, like sheep is a common imagery in the Bible for God's people. They look real. They look, they look like sheep. They look like they're part of God's people, but actually they're there as imposters, pretenders, and they want to harm and destroy. So they're fakes. Um, so watch out for false prophets, people who pretend to... Uh, speak for God. People who look like real Christians, look like real members of God's people, but they're not. They're pretenders and they're false. In our context, these might be preachers who are a little more than religious professionals, really serving their own agenda and building their own kingdom. Or they might be Bible teachers who know all the facts, but they don't really know Christ and they certainly don't live like Christ. Or uh, these could be priests who molest children, or longtime churchgoers who seem nice enough and doctrinally correct enough, but there's really some real character issues and a cesspool of sin that seethes beneath the surface. Uh, it could be anger that's hidden on Sundays but rages at home or on the job, right? Or uh, they look good on Sundays, but sexual chastity hasn't reached into the mind and the heart, as Jesus talked about early in uh, the sermon. Right now, those specific examples aren't there to condemn. We need to recognize that when Jesus says that, that that's just as true in our world as it was in his. There are people who are pretenders. They can hang religious ornaments on their tree, but they're just pretty ornaments. It's not real fruit. And that's the imagery that Jesus goes to next. Look at verse 16. He says this, Matthew 7, 16, If these people are pretenders, how will you spot them? And he says, By their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit, the fruit of their life, by the fruit of their character, by the kind of person they actually are, because who you are shows up in what you do. Your character overall can only be hidden for for a certain period of time or in a certain context, eventually it begins to leak out. Your character is showing. 
And Jesus says, your character will make it clear the kind of person you are. So how do you spot pretenders, whether looking in the mirror and you see it in yourself or you see it elsewhere? Well, by your by their fruit, you will recognize them. And then Jesus jumps to the imagery. He says, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? No, you don't pick grapes from thistles or thorn bushes. You pick grapes from grapevines. Do you pick fig, figs from thistles? No, you pick a fig from a fig tree, not from a thistle plant. Likewise, he says, every good tree bears good fruit. A good tree just bears good fruit. doesn't have to try. It just does. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A tree that's not healthy, a tree that's not sound, right? A tree that's sick and diseased, it's not going to bear healthy, vibrant, full fruit. A good tree, in fact, cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit, he says. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, and thus... By their fruit, you will recognize them. That's the imagery. And so Jesus' warning is, watch out for pretenders. How do you do that? Well, you look at their fruit. And this is the contrast we have here. In the last episode, the contrast was two ways, a broad way and a narrow way. Well, the contrast here is two trees, a good tree and a bad tree. And what kind of tree are you? What kind of tree am I? And what kind of tree are the people around us? The goal is not to hang religious ornaments on a bad tree. The goal is to become a good tree, right? Uh, When I was growing up, we had a little gully, a a gulch that was really close to where I lived. And uh, one day my friend and I were walking on the sidewalk um, and we looked over the fence into the gulch and there was this tree that was just thick with apples. This is Western Washington and and it had these huge apples on it. So we hopped the fence, we walked 10 feet down uh, the, the hillside and we plucked an apple right off this tree. We bit into it and it was sweet and crisp and juicy. It was good fruit. It was a good apple. And do you think that apple tree uh, you know, had to go to a course on how to produce apples? Do you think it, it needed a support group in order to, you know, to bear good apples, right? No, that tree just, just produced good fruit because it was a good, healthy, vibrant tree. I don't know how it got there, uh, but it was there and it was in a rich environment and it just produced good fruit. That's the way it is. Good trees produce good fruit. They don't have to try. You don't have to command them to. They don't have to think about it. It just happens. The fruit just happens. And that's Jesus' point. You will recognize these pretenders by the fruit of their life, by the fruit of their character. Um, Obviously, when you hear that, you might think immediately in terms of Paul's words in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is... Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the kind of fruit we're talking about. The fruit of a transformed life. The fruit of a transformed character. That good trees produce good fruit. And bad trees produce bad fruit. That's just the way it is. And thus, Jesus says, you will recognize pretenders 
by the fruit of their life, by the fruit of their character, by the things they do, the things they say, the way they act, the way they treat people, you will recognize them by those kinds of things. Then he goes on and says this, and what he's about to say is actually quite scary in a lot of ways. He says this in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Just because you you refer to Jesus as Lord or just because you can mention Jesus' name, right? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. This good fruit boils down to doing the will of God. And a good tree that's been changed from the inside out will do the will of God, will do the will of uh, Jesus' Father who is in heaven. And so just being able to say religious words or even say a religious prayer or uh, acknowledge Jesus' Lord in and of itself doesn't mean that on the, the great day, the final day, Um, that you will enter the kingdom of heaven. It has to do with your transformed life that leads to you doing the will of the Father. Um, Now, again, as I said in last week's episode, let's scrap our uh, kind of over-the-top concern with perfection. That's not the concern. The, The concern is not you have to be perfect. The concern is just transformation, being genuinely changed um, from the inside out. And obviously, there are varying degrees of that over the course of our life or even for different people. Some people, because of the background of their life and where they started in life, it's like they're starting deeper in a hole and, and they, may, they may be 60, 70, 80% transformed if we're going to use percentages, and they may never get quite as far along the way toward of holiness as you, who maybe you started out in a in a loving, godly Christian family, and, and where you started wasn't as deep in the hole, right? And so they may never look quite as transformed as you, but the distance they've come is so far. The goal isn't perfection. The goal is genuine, heart-deep transformation. That's the goal that says, I want to do the will of God, and I'm living for the will of God, and Jesus, will you empower me to do the will of God? That's the goal. Um, And so, those of us who are following Jesus, and those of us who are disciples, we have it as the ambition of our life in order to do the will of the Father. Jesus goes on in verse 22 and says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? In other words, we did all these great religious acts. We did all these great religious deeds. We did all these, you know, important religious things. I mean, we were active, Jesus. And Jesus' response to that is, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Well, that's that's scary, isn't it? It's scary because what it says to us is religious activity is no substitute for transformed character, for a transformed life. Just hanging religious ornaments on your life doesn't mean you're a disciple of Jesus. Jesus wants you and Jesus wants me. He wants those who are his genuine followers to become good trees who just naturally produce good fruit because their character, their soul is rich and vibrant and healthy. So it's not enough 
to hang religious ornaments on our life and think that makes us a good tree. We need to have a change of nature, a change of character. And that happens as God, by His Spirit, comes to dwell with us and we create space in our life to do that. Now, here's the good news. God is amazingly gracious and kind. He accepts you and me right where we are and as we are with all the the faults, all the shortcomings, all the struggles, all the brokenness that is a part of our life. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. Why would he want to let us ruin ourselves and, and harm those around us, right? And so, He gives us himself, his spirit. He gives us his word. He gives us whatever is needed for us to change and become a good tree. And so the the real threat is not our brokenness, not our shortcomings, and not our sin. The real threat is that we don't come clean and that we often try to pretend, we try to look spiritual, we try to look good, we, we play dress up, we look like a sheep, but on the inside, we're not a good tree. And, and Jesus is calling us to come to him and say, look, I'm going to come clean, I'm going to own it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek to become a good tree, I'm going to let Jesus change my heart and change my life. And so, Jesus' warning here is for us to watch out for pretenders, false prophets, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. That's his warning to us. Watch out for those. And, And you recognize that in yourself or in others by what's really going on on the inside. Uh, Are our insides being changed so that we are good trees? Why? Because disciples produce fruit. Pretenders hang ornaments on the tree of their life, but disciples produce fruit. So the real person, the real you, the real me is revealed by the fruit we produce. A good person who has become genuinely good on the inside by the transforming work of Jesus and his spirit just naturally does what is good and right. Um, Goodness, virtue, moral excellence just almost happens naturally or better supernaturally because because we have been transformed on the inside. And that happens as we walk with God by his spirit, as we create space in our life for him to enter in, as we're honest with ourselves and honest with God and honest with others about who we really are. And then we invite God into that place to change us. And so that's that's the goal. That's really the heart of this text is watch out for false prophets, watch out for pretenders, and make sure that you yourself are are becoming a good tree, uh, a good tree who produces good fruit. You've got to decide to let Jesus into the inside of your life, into all the hidden rooms of your life, those back rooms where you don't want anyone to go, and let Jesus be your, your teacher there and your counselor and your healer and your transformer so that he can make you into a good tree. That's the goal of discipleship to Jesus, becoming a good tree who produces good fruit. So, will you decide to root yourself, to plant yourself, to abide in Jesus so that he can transform you into a good tree so that you will be a genuine disciple, not just a religious person 
who hangs religious ornaments, but a disciple who produces good fruit. Uh, pretenders hang ornaments. Disciples produce fruit. And we want to be disciples of Jesus who actually live out his instructions as seen here in the Sermon on the Mount. All right, there's so much more that could be said about that. In fact, that's really the class I'm, I'm starting to uh, record this week is on how does that happen and, and how does God's grace enter into these places in our life and transform us. It's all about that, this basics of spiritual growth course that I'll be filming over the next seven days or so and then uh, editing for uh, hopefully just a few weeks. And so I'll let you know when that course is done. I think it has a lot of value um, to helping us really become the kind of people that produce good fruit. And so I'll let you know when that's up and available. But for now, remember these words of C.S. Lewis, that, that this isn't something you do on your own. The real Jesus is at your side, and he's come to you to make you the very same kind of person as himself. And so open your heart to Jesus, and he will change you into a good tree. All right, God bless you guys. Uh, I will see you next time on The Bible in Life.